What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Hey, good evening, everyone. It is exciting to see you guys here tonight. It's exciting to be here. Are you guys excited to be here, though? Okay, okay. And listen, volume doesn't always mean excitement, okay? I get that. You may be, like, super pumped and just kind of sleepy, and so that's all right. But hopefully you guys are excited as we are to kick things off a new semester, a new season. It is going to be incredible. We are so stinking ready. Now, listen, I know that, does, do you guys have like exams or something this week? Yeah. Hey, well, listen, I believe in you guys. You guys will kill it. You guys will slay it. Make sure you pick up one of those packets on the way out. It's got some snacks in there. I'll be honest, I stole mints out of one of them. That's because whenever you speak, your breath gets really nasty, and so I stole a mint out of one of them for later, so shh, sorry. Um, but listen, we're excited that you guys are here with us. We're excited that you guys are here for another semester of student ministry, of our programming, and all that we want to do in this room and on our time together. And one of the things that happened a long time ago, way, way back in 2018, does anyone remember 2018? Okay, it was a long time ago now, all right? In 2018, in May, our team went away, and we sat down, and we prayed, and we said, God, what would you have us do? What would you have us teach in the new year for our student ministry? And we talked about the fall, all the series we did last fall. We talked about this coming spring, which we're in here right now. And way back when, we had this idea of talking about a series called Revival. Dun, dun, dun. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are talking about revival. And this series that we thought about and we dreamt of, we, we, we worked as a team, talked about it. We're, we're here. It's unfolding before your very eyes. And I want to make sure that before we do anything, before we jump in, before we get going with this, that we totally understand the concept of revival. Because truthfully, this is not a word that we use every day. In fact, by show of hands, how many people used the word revival this past week? Okay. Are the youth staff talking about the series, okay? And revival is not a word that we use that often, but it has such a beautiful and integral meaning. Does anyone know what revival means? Oh my goodness, Air 5, to bring back to life, okay? You're going to ace all your tests this week, I know it, just because of that. To bring something back to life, whenever, whenever I don't know a word, I try to separate it, I try to get down like its root definition, its root like, like components of the word. So re is what? What does re mean? Again, to do again. If I said to you, my dad used to tell me this all the time, I used to get mad, but I'm going to do it with you guys now. There's a story of Pete and repeat. They were sitting on a wall and Pete falls off. Who's left? Pete and repeat are sitting on a wall. Pete falls off. Who's left? Repeat and repeat. Okay, it's annoying. Okay, re means to do something again. If you were to relive an experience, you like experience it again. If you were to re, what's another word that starts with re? Okay, revive is the one we're looking at. We'll get to that. Reduce is to reduce again. I don't know. Okay, to re, to re means again. And so anything that, that we talk about, whenever we're talking about doing something a second time, doing it again, we use the word re. And vive. It's kind of the root word from which we get life, vitalize, revitalize, revive. It's this idea of bringing something back to life. Now, if there's one thing that I wish I could bring back to life all the time, it is plants, okay? I'm just so bad with plants. Like, like you may have heard me tell stories, and, and some people think I exaggerate, but it's true. Like, like I'm, just, I'm just bad, okay? Like, I don't know what it is. I will kill every plant every time. Somebody gave me, at Christmas time, they were doing this little fair. They were selling, like, little cool accessories. I actually bought a plant. It's called, like, an, like an, I think it's called like an air plant or aero plant. I don't even know. It, it doesn't go into soil. 
All you have to do literally is spritz it with water. It's like the easiest plant to keep alive. I've killed it, okay? It died over Christmas. Someone gave me succulents once. They say succulents are just full of water. You can't kill this. I had a dead succulent on my desk like a year ago, okay? I'm just not good. I'm not good at bringing back to life. I'm not good at revitalizing. I'm not good at reviving. But this idea, this concept is super important to be able to bring something back and that's what we're talking about tonight. The dictionary definition of revival is this, a renewed attention to or interest in something. A renewed interest or attention to something. That means if you were interested in something back in the day, like watching Dora the Explorer, I don't know, okay, like perhaps. If you were Power Rangers, if you liked something back in the day, you stopped it and you have a renewed interest or reintroduced to it, and it comes back and becomes popular again, you could say that you revivaled in that, okay? Like you could say you have a revival for Power Rangers. I mean, that's a little strange. But when the movie came out, I went to go watch it, and I drugged Trevor, and he hated every minute of it. There we go. But to renew an interest, to renew an attention, a desire in something, that's where this word comes from. But typically, the word revival is used whenever it comes to spiritual terms, it's, it is very popular in our culture. Like you would hear about revivals, whether it be some kind of tent or some kind of like, we always think like a Baptist thing. Like, oh, the Baptists are going to have a revival tonight. What's going to happen? This tent comes into town and they do preaching and all this kind of crazy stuff because revival actually has a spiritual connotation to it. In fact, a lot of people, uh, another definition of it is kind of this spiritual interest or renewal of a church or a congregation or a society that has a local, national, or global effect. So you see, what happens is in history, we hear stories about revivals, and we're going to talk about some of them, where actually a whole town or a whole area, a whole group of people get excited about something again. They get a renewed interest in spiritual things. They get a renewed passion in the things of God, and some things start to happen. And that's what we're going to talk about, because that's what we are hoping to see in our lives and our student ministry. Uh, another website said that a revival refers to a spiritual reawakening from a state of dormancy in the life of a believer. What does dormancy mean? Sleep. That's where we get the words dorm or dormitory from. A state of dormancy. You see, the beauty of a revival is that it comes in where there is no life. It comes in where there is no interest. It comes in where there is no passion. It comes in where stuff seems kind of barren and kind of dead. It comes into a place that needs a little sprucing up, that needs a little revitalization, that needs a little revival. It comes to a place that is in need of revival. You see, in Scripture, we see, we see stories of revival. And the fa- most famous one is in Acts chapter 2. You see, the the Jewish people were considered to be the people of God. They had been chosen by God to carry out a great, incredible, amazing task, which was to to have the lineage through which Jesus was going to come. And they were going to proclaim to the world through their being, through their existence, of the greatness of what God was doing. But somewhere along the way, along the path, if you read through the Old Testament, they start to kind of get off course. They start to to move away from that, what God had called them to do. They start to kind of do their own thing. They lose their interest. They lose their focus. They lose their attention to spiritual things. They're in need of revival. And so suddenly in the New Testament, in steps Jesus. And when Jesus comes in, man, he is shaking things up left and right. You see, the reason why the stories of Jesus are so incredible and so amazing is because he's performing miracles. 
He's teaching things that people don't know, they've never heard before. He's giving a different perspective. He's giving a different twist. He's, he's saying things that they weren't commonly used to hearing. And he starts to revitalize. He starts to breathe a new life into people. And eventually he gets these disciples to follow him, and he gets some other people to follow them as well. And after his death, three days later, we know the story, he comes back to life, comes back to earth, and ascends into heaven. And he tells his disciples, his closest boys, he goes, I need you guys to wait here until the Holy Spirit comes. And so they gather together with, with the believers, and they go to this place called the Upper Room. This is in Acts chapter 2, you can go and read that. And when they're gathered there, they're, they're, they don't know what to do, so they just start praying. Like, well, well God told us to wait he didn't give us any other instructions. We know that our waiting should not be a passive waiting. It should be an active waiting. What should we do? Let's start praying. So they start praying for what God has for them. They start praying for what God's going to do. And suddenly, as they're there on their knees, faces bowed, start praying, it says that, that the whole place started to shake. And this wind came. And, and they started to hear like, like tongues like fire. And the whole place came. And when Peter spoke, when he preached, it says 300 came to know Jesus that day. And then in the other pages of Acts, it happens again and again and again, where people were becoming followers of Christ every single day. The Jewish people were in need of revival. And as Jesus comes, as he shakes things up, he starts to revitalize things. He starts to shake things up. You see, the truth is, I think that if we were to pause and think about this long and hard, that we could accept, that we would admit that maybe we need revival as well. You see, if revival is this renewed interest, this renewed passion in spiritual things and the things of God, can we pause and be honest for a second and think, do I need revival? Is this something that I need in my life? Listen, can I be brutally, brutally honest with you guys? There's days that I need revival. There's days where I don't feel like doing what I need to do. There's days where I don't necessarily feel like following Jesus with all the passion and all that he's calling me to do. I mean, we said that following Christ is a sacrifice. It requires things of us, and so we have to be willing to, to do those things. And some days, more than others, it can be hard. And there's seasons, there's times where I personally, Stallion, need revival. But I think if we're honest with ourselves, if we look at our culture, if we look at our, our, our schools, if we look at our community, if we look in this room, I think we would be honest, if we could get really honest and answer this question, I think we would realize we too need revival. We need what it says here, a spiritual awakening from a state of dormancy or stagna stagnation in the life of a believer. Let, let me say it this way. You see, a lot of times if we look around, if I were to say, hey, how are you doing? Typically we always answer with fine. Everything's great. Everything's good. Everything's fine. If people were to come and say to you, I mean, how, how are you, how, how is life, how is school? And typically we'll say, well, I'm busy, but, but good. It's a good busy. Or we'll say stuff like, yeah, everything is all right. It's kind of been a tough season, but, but, but I'm good, but I'm fine. You see, a lot of times when people ask us how we're doing, when people have a chance to look at us and see what's going on, we often answer with the external, with what's happening on the outside. And let me tell you something. We're good at making the outside look good, right? I mean, you guys look great. You look amazing, okay? You guys look stylish. You look awesome. You look like maybe you got some exams coming up this week, but you look good. We've gotten really good at polishing the outside. We've gotten really good at, at giving all the right answers. We've gotten really good at making sure that everything on the exterior of us seems like it's great. We know how to sit in the chairs and raise our hands and sing the song. We know the right time to raise the hand and when to put it back down. 
We know when to look serious and when we can joke. We know when we can say something offensive and hurtful and when we got to, oh, no, I don't want to gossip. I don't have a problem with that. We know how to bounce back and forth really well. But if we're honest with ourselves, maybe we also need revival. Jesus in, in, in Revelation, which is a book that we don't often look at, we don't often talk about, Jesus in Revelation shows a, a guy named John, who we've met in the New Testament, he shows him a vision of the future and a vision of, of things to come. And, and that's one of those reasons why the book is super interesting. It talks about the end of the world. It talks about it in times, but it's always kind of confusing and, and hard to understand. But he provides this vision to John as John is exiled on this island. And as he shows him this vision, one of the things that he does is he goes through these letters that he's written to different churches. And to one of the churches, the church in Sardis in chapter 3, he says these words. Jesus writes to them and he says, I know your works. He says, you have a reputation of being alive, but truthfully, you are dead. Jesus says, I know what's really going on. You have a reputation, which means everyone around you, all your friends, everyone you come into contact thinks that you're doing great. A-okay, thumbs up. He goes, but I know, truthfully, on the inside, you're dead. And I wonder... How many of us, those words would apply? Man, everyone in my school thinks I'm doing great. Everyone at church thinks, thinks I'm the man, thinks I'm awesome. Everyone on my sports team, everyone in my family, everyone I come into contact with thinks I'm, I'm just this amazing person. But on the inside, it's a very different picture. On the inside, what Jesus can see is something totally different. On the inside, I am in need of revival. A renewed spiritual awakening from a state of dormancy in the life of a believer. How many of us can say that we are in need of revival? Now here's what's cool. Here's what's interesting about revival. Revival changes things. Revival does some incredible stuff. In Acts chapter 2, after the revival breaks out, and it continues to break out after the, the other couple chapters... The believers start to do this thing that, that sounds kind of weird, but kind of awesome at the same time. It says that they would gather together daily, they would break bread together, and they would sell their possessions, and whatever money they had, they would give to anybody that was in need. That's kind of a cool concept. They would hang out together, which I think we all would agree that we like that, okay? Like chilling, hanging out. They would break bread, so they'd go to Moe's or Panera maybe. But they would go to meals together, they'd go hang out, they'd go do something, they would eat together, they, they, would, they would devote themselves to the apostles' teachings, they would pray together, and it says if anybody had a need, somebody was selling something, pooling the money together, and helping other people out. I mean, to be honest with you, that sounds awesome. That means we would go get lunch, or we'd go find food at someone's house every day, we would sell our possessions, and if someone needed something, you're like, dude, I need a new car, I got money, here you go. The next day, someone's like, I gotta go to the doctor, here you go. And then one day, I'm in need. I need a cheeseburger. I, I don't know. Okay, like we'd sell money, sell our stuff, and provide for everyone who had a need. That wasn't normal. That wasn't how people were living. Revival came and started to work inside of their hearts. It started to change. And they started to understand if we're a family, if we're a community, something has to be different. Throughout history, there's these different stories of revival. And in 1905, in Wales, there was a revival that started with a man named Evan Roberts. And he actually, it says in, in the history books that when this revival broke out, when this town 
when this area started to change and get the spiritual renewal, things started to change so much that the crime rate, the crime rate actually started to come down. Like, like people were so, starting to know Jesus, to follow Jesus, to love Jesus, to love one another, that, that, that they stopped performing crimes. It says that the judges actually took their gloves and they put on white gloves because they had no cases to try. It was symbolic, like, man, we've got no work to do. There's nothing we need to do because there's no crime. So revival was affecting change. This town in Wales where all this took place was an old coal mining town. And they said that the donkeys inside of the coal mines, that they were having a hard time getting them to work because the donkeys were used to being like yelled at and cussed at by all the mine workers. And as they were being revived, as they were experiencing spiritual revival, they were talking differently to their animals. And their animals weren't responding the same way. Revival will change things. And so it's our desire for the next few weeks to start and understand, man, do, do, I, do I need revival in my life? Do I need revival in this community, in this youth group, in our schools, everywhere that we go? Do we desire to see a renewed interest in the things of God? If that's your desire, then you're in the right place. And if it's not your desire, then you're also in the right place because hopefully God will revive your heart and your soul. And so each week as we come and we look at this series, we want to talk about what are some of the ingredients necessary for revival? What are some of the things that are needed in order to see the spiritual awakening, the spiritual transformation happen? And tonight I'm here to tell you one thing, and that is that revival starts small. Revival starts small. That doesn't stay there. Hopefully it gets big. It goes and accomplishes great things. But revival starts on a small scale. It literally can be like a conversation. It literally can be something that that happens over here. It's going to have a great impact and a great effect, but it starts very small. Now, it's interesting because Scripture is chock full of examples of of things that are small that that have a great impact. And, and, And Scripture says to let no one look down on you because of your age, but set an example to the believers. I mean, just because you're in high school... Just because you're young doesn't mean that you can't do great things. In fact, we as a student ministry believe the opposite. We have so much faith in you guys. We believe you can do incredible, awesome things. Scripture says that a little bit of faith can actually move mountains. Christ says, "Let, let, let the little children come to me, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Little things can accomplish big stuff, and revival starts small. So I want to share with you guys a parable tonight. In, in the Gospel of Matthew, in Matthew chapter 13, there's this parable, and it's literally three verses. And I'm going to read this for you guys, and then I want to unpack it with you guys. But starting in verse 31, this is Jesus speaking. It says, he put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds in the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Now, please, please, please be honest with you, with me. If you read these verses and you just read them, would you think to yourself, I have no idea what they're talking about? Please be honest with me. Sometimes when we read scripture, that happens. But I want to unpack this for us because what it's saying is this point that revival starts small. It says here, it says that, that, 
the kingdom of heaven, which by the way is a ginormous thing, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, what God desires to accomplish is this big thing. He says it's like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. Has everyone ever seen a mustard seed? Have you ever seen a mustard seed? They're very small, okay? Any seed is small. But a mustard seed is one of the smallest ones. I actually didn't know this for a long time. I was always kind of like, this random. Like, why are mustard? Why not like mayo? You know, like, that was my thought process as a kid. But I was at my dad's house one time, and, and he had um, a spice rack. And I was looking through the spices, and I found mustard seeds. And I pulled it out, and they were like, they were like tiny, like this big. Jesus is saying that my kingdom, which is big, vast, huge, immeasurable, starts small. Like, for instance, a mustard seed. He says all it takes is this tiny little thing, this tiny little seed sown in a field to produce something great. You see, what's incredible about this passage is that when he says here that the mustard seed is sowed in the field, it says it's the smallest of all seeds, but when it's grown, it is larger than all the garden plants, and it becomes a tree so that the birds in the air can come and make its nest in its branches. Now, I didn't know this. I'm not a botanist. I think that's a word. I'm not into botany, okay? Is that what it is? Botanical gardens. There we go. I don't do that kind of stuff, all right? But, but, but I went and studied this and researched this, and it says that a mustard actually doesn't grow into a tree. It grows into a, to a bush. But what's interesting about it is that it grows like six to eight feet to where it looks like a tree. It is totally different. It, it grows from something so tiny to something so big, and Scripture says to the point where actually trees come and make its nest and live inside of it. It's something tiny that grows into something so huge. And then Jesus gives this other example. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid inside of three measures of flour until it was all leavened. Again, I, I don't know much about this stuff. I had to research all of this. But leaven is something that you put inside. It's an ingredient that you would put inside with, with, with flour and with water. And it makes the dough rise. And what's interesting is that it literally can be a small amount can make dough rise. Three measures of dough, by the way, they say is about 50 pounds of flour. This lady was like, she was opening up a bakery, okay? But it says she put a little bit of leaven, and that goes a long way. You see, I believe that we need revival. When I talk to students, one of the things that I often ask is, man, how's your time reading God's word? Oh, well, you see, Stal, man, I've just been busy. I got tests coming up. No, I get it. I'm busy too. How's your prayer life? Oh, man, you know, I just haven't had a chance to pray, but I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming next Sunday. Man, how, how's, your, how's your walk? How's your time with the believers? Yeah, I, I haven't been going to small group, but, but no, no, well, we go to small group, but we just sit and, like, gossip the whole time. We just sit and chat. You see, if we're honest, guys, we are in need of revival. If we look around our community, just the town of Lexington, if we look at our schools, the problems, the issues that are happening, the things that are going on, the lack that we have and people around us have for a passion for God shows the need for revival. 
We need a renewed interest in spiritual things. Listen, I understand it's not always fun to wake up early and read God's word. It's not always fun to, to be here, to listen for 30 minutes to what someone has to say. It's not always fun to open up our Bibles and study what, what God's word is saying and say, How do, what does this really mean? What do I do with it? And if God gives us a command to be different from everybody else, to act different, to do something, it's not always easy. But if we believe that God can renew our desire, renew our passion for his things, if we believe that revival can happen and it can change things, it can have a huge effect, we have to understand that it's going to start small. It's going to start small. And next week, Trevor's going to come, and he's going to unpack exactly what that looks like. What does that mean, starting small? But I think the truth is that it can start in this room. It can start with the people in this room. It can start with you. It can start with me. So we sat down and we, we tried to think, man, what, what can we do to encourage you guys? What can we do to, to hopefully inspire you guys to, to be a part of this, to, to figure out, man, what, what, what can my part be? How can I play a part in this? And so we decided to, to print out a map of Lexington. Now, this is a beautiful map. It has a little bit of Columbia. It has a little bit of Harbison. It goes all the way up to like Chapin and that kind of stuff. It has the whole entire lake. Gilbert's down here. Where are my Gilbert people out? Woo! Down here. Okay, we got you guys. We've got the center of Lexington, River Bluff, Meadow Glen, the other high schools. And we decided, it's right here, there it is. And we decided, in the next few weeks, we want to encourage you guys to take some time to pray. And take some time to read your Bible. To take some time and tell others about Jesus. To have conversations, spiritual conversations about your faith about what you believe, about what you're thinking about, about what you're reading, about what God is doing. You see, it's our desire over the next few weeks that we would start to pray and start to think and start to have conversations about spiritual things that ultimately will bring to revival. But it starts small. We don't have to, we don't have to go to school tomorrow and like, like skip all of our classes and, and stay in the hallway and preach. But we can simply come up to someone and ask them how they're doing and love them. And tell them about God's love for them. We can wake up early tomorrow morning and spend time in prayer for the people in our classroom, for our teachers, for our friends. We can spend some time reading God's word, going over and reading Acts 2 about revival. We can spend some time doing spiritual things, even small stuff, a conversation with our parents. We can text our friend or FaceTime them and pray. We can do little things that will have a great impact. So this past Wednesday and tonight, as we gathered together as a team before we started, we started to pray for revival to start in this place. And so we came, we, we put a red pin. It's tiny. You probably can't see it from here. That's okay. We put a tiny little red pin. We had to, like, figure out where's, where's the church. Here it is. And so for the next week, I want to encourage you guys, and we'll send out reminders on social media, but really we want to inspire and encourage and remind you guys, well, what are you doing to see revival? What small things are you believing in? What small acts of faith are you taking? What steps to start to see revival? Now, we need to understand that, that we have to first see a need for it. We have to believe that we need this. We have to believe that it can happen, that great things can happen. But we have to understand, too, that it starts with some small decisions. It smart, starts with small conversations. It starts with prayer. It starts, and we're going to take a look at all the ingredients needed for it. But it starts small. 
And we believe that it can start in this room. And so this week, if you talk to someone at work, instead of just the same old chit-chat, you talk to them about their life, about their beliefs, about what you're thinking, what you're going through. When you see someone at school who's struggling, you come alongside and say, man, just can, I, can I pray for you? It doesn't even have to be now. It doesn't have to be weird. But can I pray for you? You can text someone a verse, an encouragement. You can reach out. You can be doing this for yourself, too. And next week when you come, we'll, we'll put this somewhere where you can grab pins and, and say, man, I, I, I got to orient myself on the map. But, man, in high school, I had a conversation with someone. Here we go. Man, when I, when I, was, when I was chilling at, at Moe's eating my burrito, I prayed with my friend who's going through a, a rough time right now. We're going to put a pin. Man, when I woke up early, I, I read my Bible. We're going to put a pin. And we'd love to see a visual effect of starting from here, starting small, starting with us. Can we start to see a change that affects our families, our friends, our schools, Lexington County, this community, and goes out from here? You see, we believe that you guys can do incredible, amazing, awesome things. We believe that revival is attainable in this place. We believe that there's a need for it, a renewed desire and passion the things of Christ, and we believe that it starts small, just like a mustard seed, just like a little bit of leaven, just like anything tiny, and it can grow into something big, majestic, amazing. It can grow into the kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven. Do you guys believe that? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this night. Thank you so much, Father God, for, for the people in this room, for them coming out to hearing from your word, to come out tonight, Lord, to receive all that you have for them, and to come out, Father God, to hear from your word. Lord, I pray the prayer that we've been praying for a few weeks now for revival. Father, I pray that revival would break out in our students in our leaders, in me. And I pray, Father God, that you would do some amazing, incredible things, that your kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, would come to pass here on earth as is in heaven. Father, I pray that our community would change. I pray that the way that we speak to each other in school, in our families, Father, I pray the way that we treat each other. Father, I pray that the things that we look at, Father, I pray that the things that we say, and the things that we do, Father, would be glorifying to you, that, that your revival would come in and through us. Lord, just that you would move, just like you moved in Acts, with a fire that consumes us, Lord, with a fire that comes and transforms us, that doesn't let us stay the same, that doesn't let us go on business as usual, but that changes us. And Father, maybe a small decision, a small choice, a small prayer, a small portion of scripture that we read, Father, whatever it is, may it start small and have big, giant effects. Jesus, we love you. We're thankful for your word. And as we sing out tonight, Lord, would you work in our hearts. We ask these things in your precious and holy name. Amen.